It's not about us taking the enthusiasm and what do we do about it. It's listening to the people who come forth and how they want to participate. If the Democrats get in, they're going to raise your taxes. You're going to have crime all over the place. You're going to have people pouring across the border. So why would that be a blue wave? I think it could be a red wave. You're listening to the Nolan Cleary Network on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and more. Your one-stop shop for 2018 midterm coverage. Welcome to Election Talk Countdown, a direct spinoff to Politics Weekly. On this show, we count down the days until the 2018 midterms. Here, we'll talk about the House. Ryan says he will give up his powerful position. U.S. Representative Jim Jordan says he's running for Speaker of the House. Now to a stunning political upset in a working-class congressional district in New York. I think what we've seen is that working-class Americans want a clear champion. The Senate. Joe Arpaio, the controversial former Arizona sheriff who received a pardon from President Donald Trump in August after being convicted of contempt of court, announced Tuesday he was running for U.S. Senate. Everybody has a right to uh, run for office. Her experience didn't win over the California Democratic Party, who voted 65% in favor of liberal De Leon, and a mere 7% for Feinstein. The others abstained. I think uh, the vote uh, yesterday was a reflection of of many Californians who want to change, that believes that the status quo in Washington is, is simply not working for them. And the governorships. In Georgia, Stacey Abrams became the first African-American woman to be nominated for governor by a major party. As a small business owner, as a legislator, as a civic leader, I have the proven experience to get the job done. Former Sex and the City star Cynthia Nixon is considering a run for governor of New York. New York is my home. I've never lived anywhere else. And how it will affect the nation. Will Democrats be back in power this November? Is blue wave inevitable? Find out.
Hey, how are you? Pretty good. All right. So, are you ready to talk about the uh, the? Because we did the first episode of election talk at the beginning of uh, August, and now we're going to do one in the middle of September. I think the the next one after this will be at the end of October, right before the midterms. But are you ready to talk about it? Yep, I'm ready. All right. So, uh, as you all know, we, uh, we did another one before this, um, right now the house and the U S Senate are both at stake. Uh, so is the national governors association. There are quite a few governorships that are up. Um, I know some people don't really take governorships that seriously. Um, but I, 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 I do because, uh, it kind of shows, where the parties are in the country kind of shows the influence they have across the country. Um, Like, for example, in 2014, it was a huge, huge deal when Republicans won in Illinois and Maryland and Massachusetts because they were all blue states. So to see those states get Republican governors, uh, that was that was a really big deal. Uh, So this could be a big deal for. Uh, for Democrats this year. Um, but first of all, why don't we talk about the... First of all, l- l- let me ask you your uh, uh, a general statement. How do you think Democrats are going to do this year overall? Uh, that's a, a good question. Um, I don't... I mean, I don't think it's going to be a blue wave like they were saying, but I do think they are going to... They're going to win, but I don't think they're going to win a lot. I, I still think Republicans will come out ahead all right so why don't we start out with the house of representatives so uh right now i my personal prediction is that democrats will take control of the house of representatives democrats will gain up to 53 seats i'm predicting they pick up 53 seats maybe some more maybe maybe a few less uh um and the republicans will gain three seats those three seats will be out of uh, there'll be there are two seats in Minnesota that Donald Trump won by twenty to thirty points with, with Democrats that are retiring, and I'm predicting right now those seats will flip for the Republicans, and then also the New Hampshire seat, uh, which was narrowly won by Donald Trump. Uh, I'm predicting that uh, based on history that will flip for the Republicans, but aside from that, I think it'll mainly be pickups for Democrats. Um, what are your thoughts on the House? How do you think – do you think Democrats will retake control of the House? Uh, and what are your predictions? How many gains will the Democrats make? How many gains will the Republicans make, if any? Uh, I don't really think the Republicans are going to make any, only because to me it seems like they're not, they're not um, carrying out the agenda of, of the Trump's administration. So they may even lose a few. I don't think that they're going to gain any. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm predicting the Democrats will gain 53 seats. They only need, I think, 21 to retake control of the House. So 53 would be a big thing. And that might, and I know what you're thinking. 53 sounds like a lot of seats. But you got to remember, in 1994, that was a wave year for Republicans. And that was the first midterm of Bill Clinton's presidency. Republicans gained 54 seats in the House. And in 2010, the first midterm of Barack Obama's presidency, Republicans gained 63 seats in the House, which was record breaking. 
Um, so that that's mainly what I'm predicting right now. What are your thoughts? And I and, oh, and one more thing. I think the reason that I think Republicans will make some gains just just because it's very very unlikely. It's very uncommon to see the opposite party not gain at least a few seats in the House, even on a wave year. The only wave year I can think of where Republican, where one party didn't gain any seats in the House was in 2006, with, which was the second midterm of George W. Bush's presidency, when the Democrats gained, I think, like 30 or so seats, and the Republicans gained zero seats in the House. But that was very, very uncommon. And I, I don't see that happening again. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think I have to agree with you on that. I think that um, the Republicans will probably lose some, the Democrats will gain. And um, as far as the governorship goes, I'm not sure, really sure who's going to get more. I think it's going to probably be Republicans. Yeah, I will, I'll say this right now, and we can get into that later, Right now, there aren't a lot of places for Republicans to make gains in the governorships. Um, I'll talk, I'll elaborate a little bit more about that when we get to the governorships. Unless, wait, is there anything else you want to say about the House? No, no, that's pretty much it. I just think that Democrats, like you said, will gain. All right. So why don't we move on to the governorships then, since I was just about to talk about it. So in the governor's races, um, uh, it's looking like uh, the Republicans have, uh, or the Democrats have more to gain than Republicans do in the in the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, or, I'm sorry, in the U.S. Governors' races. Sorry, I'm just updating my governor race map right now as I speak. But yeah, I think right now they have more to gain. Um, for a number of reasons. Uh, uh, um, there are a couple, first of all, there are a couple seats which will almost undoubtedly go to the Democrats. Um, Illinois, there's a Republican incumbent there, but that's very likely to flip for the Democrats because, again, he's an unpopular incumbent. The, the, the Republican running is an unpopular incumbent. He's not even popular amongst his own party because he only barely uh, retook the nomination for governor um, uh, this year. But uh, he's considered unpopular with his base either, so that might hurt him a little bit as well. Um so right now I'm listing the Illinois governor's race. Bruce Rauner is the Republican incumbent. Uh, I'm listing that as uh, light, I, I'm going to say that that is likely Democratic, even though there is a Republican incumbent running. He had, he's amongst the most unpopular governors in the country. Plus, this is a state that both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama won by big margins in 2016 and 2012. This was the birthplace of Hillary Clinton and the state where Barack Obama uh, was in the Senate and also obviously Chicago. That's where Barack Obama's presidential library is going to be. Uh, so for that reason, I find it unlikely that they're going to 
they're going to do that. Bruce Renner does have a lot of money, I will say. He is a multimillionaire. He was a multimillionaire businessman before he became governor. But the problem is, is his opponent, his Democratic opponent, J.B. Pritzker, um, is uh, he's he right now he he's a billion he's a billionaire businessman. So he has an extra zero. So he has even more money on hand. So this could be one of the most uh, the most um, expensive governor's races in American history. But I still predict overall. J.B. Pritzker, the Democratic challenger, will pull this off. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree that um, I don't think it, because of his unpopular, because he's unpopular, I don't think I'm pretty sure he's not going to win. So I, I do agree that the, the Democrats will definitely win and he'll probably win bigger than he's not. I don't think it's going to be close. I think he's going to win by he's going to win by a large margin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking at the places where, here's the thing, the good news for Republicans on this map is that Democrats would have to gain an unrealistically, an unrealistic number of governorships to actually have a majority uh, over the governor's mansion. Um, so uh, right now there are a couple of places where uh Democrats are most certain to make gains. Like I just said, Illinois, J.P. Pritzker is definitely favored there. Demographics are on his side. Money's on his side. The fact that Republicans don't even like Bruce Rauner uh, is another sign. Um, So his own party isn't with him. Uh, Politics Weekly lists that race as likely Democratic. Uh, He may be the most vote. Aside from one other... uh, uh, governor who's running, he might be the most vulnerable incumbent governor up for election this year. Um, but uh, yeah, so there, there's that. Um, the other place where Democrats are most likely to make uh, a gain is in the state of New Mexico. Uh, currently, uh, uh, Michelle or uh, or what's her name? Susanna Martinez. She's the incumbent Republican governor. She has extremely low approval ratings. Uh, her approval ratings have been plummeting quite a bit. Now, she can't run. She's not running because uh, of term limits, so she can't run again. But her unpopularity might wear off on the New Mexico Republican Party. Uh, so that's one problem that they have. The other problem is Steve Pierce isn't a very strong candidate. He is a congressman, although so is his Democratic opponent. Um, but he ran for Peter Domenici's seat in 2008. He was the nominee for that Senate seat. And he lost by a landslide. So maybe not the best candidate. Um, also, uh, Michelle Lujan Grism has demographics on her side uh, and can probably get the Hispanic vote to turn out. That's another good thing that's going for her. Um, but then the other thing that's really going for uh, Michelle uh, Lujan Grism is the fact that uh, that both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in 2012 and 2016 won the state by a pretty considerable margin, considering the fact that this used to be a swing state. I mean, keep in mind, George W. Bush carried the state in 2004, but 
since then, Republicans have and Peter Domenci was senator there for a while. But ever since then, Republicans haven't been able to really do that well in the state, aside from getting Susanna Martinez elected as governor for two terms. So that's not um, that's not looking too good for the the uh, the uh, the Republican Party. I'm listing that as uh, likely Democratic. So that will almost most certainly be a Democratic pickup. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's definitely most likely uh, Democrats. They're going to win that one for the reasons you stated. Yeah. And yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't think Republicans are going to fare well. Yeah. Um, uh, and then let's take a look at some other, uh, some other races across the country. Give me one second. Um, oh, another place where Democrats are very, very, I think Democrats will make a gain. Some people are skeptical because this is a state Donald Trump won, but it is a state he won by a narrow margin, a very narrow margin. And it's traditionally a blue state. It hasn't elected a Republican to the U.S. Senate in almost 20 years. This is the state of Michigan. So right now, Rick Schneider absolutely hated in Michigan uh, he cannot run for a third term, and he is unpopular. But he's not the only one who's unpopular. The Michigan Republican Party has gotten a lot of flack and has become pretty unpopular in the state of Michigan. And you may be thinking why. And the reason is because most Michigan residents uh, blame the Michigan Republican Party for the Flint water crisis. So right now, that's kind of rubbed off on the Republican Party, that's rubbed off on the incumbent Republican governor, Rick Schneider, and that's rubbed off on the Republican nominee for governor, uh, Michigan Attorney General Bill Schuette, who is running against the former Democratic leader in the Michigan House of Representatives, Gretchen Whitmer. Um, Outside of it going for Donald Trump by a very slim margin, this is a pretty blue state overall. Um, I'm going to say that this is likely Democratic. Uh, I think um, Gretchen Whitmer has won a, has run a pretty good campaign. Uh, I don't agree with any of her ideas, but again, she's she's run a pretty. I, I watched one of her ads, and it was she's a pretty good candidate. She's a, she's a decent candidate. And Bill Schuette, again, Bill Schuette, The problem with Bill Schuette is he's boring. I mean, he got the endorsement of President Trump, but he is a boring candidate. He, I mean, he doesn't excite people. And Gretchen Whitmer kind of gives this more, she has more of this relatability to her. Like she has this, she had this one commercial out where she's like at the house and she has her kids there and everything. And it just seemed relatable. Like, like she's like driving her kids to like soccer practice or something. And she just made it seem relatable. So I'm saying that the state is probably going to flip for the, Demo- the Democrats. I think Gretchen Whitmer will win here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. If a candidate doesn't excite or, or they're not relatable, they tend to not do well. And so I think that, uh, that she'll probably win in a decent margin. So I, I'll say it's going towards the Democrats on this one. Yeah. 
All right. Um, and then there's one other state uh, where Democrats are uh, are almost most certain. Well, I, I wouldn't say this is as likely. This one is probably going to be a little closer than uh, than Illinois, Michigan, or New Mexico. But I do think this is still a lean Democratic state. It'll be a little closer, but I do think Democrats are definitely favored here. The state of Maine. Now, Paula Page is the incumbent Republican governor there. He cannot run for a third term. Um, Trump, he's not loved in Maine, but he's not detested. But at the same time, um, uh, at the same time, in spite of that uh, right now, uh, Janet Mills, I, the Democrat, is definitely favored, I think. Um, now, this one race, even though Donald Trump didn't win Maine, it's looking like this governor's race, if, if Democrats win this governor's race, which I think they're favored here, I don't think they're as favored as they are in New Mexico, Illinois, or Michigan, but if they do win, I don't think it's going to be, be because of Donald Trump. I think it's going to be because uh, of the incumbent Republican governor there, Paula Page, because Paula Page uh, is a very controversial man. He's made a lot of comments that many people view as have deemed racist. There have been calls for him to be impeached. That never went through. There were some people that were trying to get him to to resign uh, as governor of the state of Maine. Those didn't really come to fruition. Um, But, uh, yeah, overall, I definitely think that uh, right now uh, in the state of, uh, uh, what should we call it, in the state of Maine, Maine, you're right, Maine, in the state of Maine, I definitely think Janet Mills is leading because, just because of the unpopularity of Governor Paula Page, which they have made a very big issue of this campaign. Um, so I, I do think overall that uh, she is favored. Also, the Republican, Sean Moody, is pretty much a, a, a nobody. Like, nobody knows who he is. He never held political office. He was a random businessman who had a lot of money. He just randomly got in. And randomly got the nomination. Out of nowhere, he won the nomination. But he has very, 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 very little name recognition. While uh, Janet Mills has been attorney general for years. She was attorney general a long, long time ago. And then she left. And then she came back and became attorney general again. So a lot of people know the name Janet Mills in the state of Maine. So I think that's going to help her as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I agree that because of his um, controversial, controversial statements and being labeled racist and her popularity, I think that that uh, she'll definitely win. How big a margin do you think? Do you think it's going to be uh, closer? Uh, hmm. Um, I think it's going to be not a blowout, but it's going to be a, a a considerable amount. Yeah, I'm predicting like maybe an eleven point victory maybe like a 10 11 point victory for janet mills yeah that sounds that sounds about right yeah but anyways why don't i list to you all the ratings i have uh, so far for the governor's race 
So the states of Texas, Nebraska, Wyoming, Idaho, Arkansas, uh, Alabama, and South Carolina are all safe Republican. There's little to no chance of Democrats picking up these states. Oh, and I forgot one state, Massachusetts. The states of Texas, Wyoming, Nebraska, Idaho, Arkansas, Alabama, South Carolina, and Massachusetts are all safely Republican. There's little to no chance of Democrats picking up this seat, which is odd that Massachusetts, your state, is on the list. But again, I know you said you're not a big fan of Charlie Baker, but he is popular there. He and is. Demo- but he is. I, I most- definitely don't like him. Yeah, I know you don't like him. I know he's 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 uh, a big opponent of Donald Trump, probably because he needs to get elected there. But he is the most popular governor in the country currently. Um, and right now, he's polling very well. Um, and the Democrat, again, the, the, the Democrats had a chance to nominate. There was Bob Massey, who probably would have been a stronger nominee since he's more in the from the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. But instead, they went with Jay Gonzalez, who, again, more so represents the populist or not really the populist, but the neoliberal kind of Hillary Clinton wing of the party. So I think he's going to alienate a lot of Democrats. That's the first problem. The second problem is Charlie Baker is winning in the polls by huge margins, almost like 40 to 50 point margins, which is ginormous. Um and uh, the fact that the Democrats have been lacking in fundraising, uh, nobody knows who Jay Gonzalez is. Now, you could argue that uh, Deval Patrick, the former governor, when he ran in 2006, barely anybody knew who he was. However, he was uh, a much more politically savvy politician, whereas Jay Gonzalez kind of lacks that. He's not, he's not as good of a candidate. He's not as good of a politician or as slick of a candidate as uh, as Deval Patrick was. So for that reason, I, I see no chance of uh, of a Democratic victory here, or I see barely any chance of a Democratic victory here, which is why I'm rating that race as safe Republican. Before I move on, what, what are your thoughts on the race out of your home state? Do you think that that's safe Republican? Yeah, I, I, I think it is, sadly. I wish it was a different Republican, but yes, it's safe Republican. Let me ask you this. What did you think of Scott Lively? Because I know Scott Lively was a pretty controversial guy, but at the same time, he was more right-leaning. What did you think of him? Right. I, I liked him, too, but um, I, didn't, I, I was pretty sure he wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Were you concerned by some of his past statements on, like, homosexuality, or, did that, or were you not No, that, by that? that didn't bother me at all. Okay. Um, so, uh, all right, so continuing uh, on, so those are all the safe Republican states. Uh, right now, there are about three safe Democratic states. Those three safe Democratic states are California, some Republicans, some people, some people from the really, really hardcore Trump base of the, the party have this wishful thinking, this, this dream of California turning Republican. There's a big dream amongst uh, Republicans, especially Trump Republicans, populist Republicans of California, the epicenter of Democratic politics, turning Republican. And many Republicans see the governor's race as a chance to do that. Uh, Again, a lot of a lot of Trump Republicans have been pushing for John Cox, the Republican, 
to uh, win here. However, right now, there's barely any signs, in my opinion at least, that support the idea that John Cox has any chance of winning in California um, or defeating Gavin Newsom, who is the Democratic lieutenant governor who's running there to, to replace controversial Governor Jerry Brown. Um, uh, right now, again, this is one of perhaps the most Democratic state in the country. Uh, you know, most millennials tend to vote Democratic. But luckily for Republicans, in most states, there, there isn't a lot of uh, Democratic or there isn't a lot of millennial turnout. The same can't be said about millennials, where millennials uh, make the, up the majority of voters in California statistically, which is part of the reason why it's so it's become such a blue state, even though this used to be the state of Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan. Um, it's mainly because of millennials. Um, also, probably because of big cities, as, as is the case with my state, New York, or the or is the case with uh, Illinois, or is the case with Virginia, which is turning more Democratic, mainly because of the northern areas. But again, it's it's just a safe Democratic state, and I think it doesn't help John Cox uh, that um, that he uh, is uh, that he isn't as beloved by. Trumpers as uh, uh, Travis Allen was. Travis Allen was controversial. He was an assembly man, but he was overall the Trump. He was the favorite of Trump supporters, but not the favorite of Trump. Trump endorsed uh, John Cox over Travis Allen, but most Trump supporters I talked to preferred Travis Allen over John Cox. But again, we don't. There's no sign to suggest that Republicans have any point. uh, Any. chance in california there were some poll early polls that suggested john cox might have a chance to make the race close but that's kind of faded away as all recent polls have showed gavin newsom leading by a 40 to 50 point margin in most of the most of the polls so that's a safe democratic state another safe democratic state uh hawaii um even though uh uh david Ige, his approval numbers has have dropped uh, due to the false missile North Korea missile crisis, which he mainly got the blame for. Uh, again, he, he did ba- only barely squeak by the nomination because there was a congresswoman challenging him in the primary, but he managed to squeak by and defeat her. Um, but I still see no chance of him losing uh, due to the fact that this is one of the most democratic states in the country, perhaps even more democratic than California, uh, again, um, I mean, this is so democratic that, uh, that, I mean, the Republican, the Hawaii Republican Party is pretty much in shambles as of this point due to the fact that, uh, due to the fact that there's only about five or six Republicans in the state House of Representatives. You want to guess how many Republicans are in the state Senate in Hawaii? How, not many, I could imagine. Zero. <laughs> there are zero Republicans in the state Senate. For a while, there was one. For a while, there was one. And Reason.com actually did an interview with him, and he was more of a Liberty Republican. And he was talking about how great it was um, that, to be the only Republican in the state Senate because that meant he was automatically the minority leader, and it meant nobody was challenging him for the minority leader seat. And he could be as libertarian as he wanted, and he didn't have to be 
he didn't have to bow down to populism or bow down to the national Republican appeal because what are the Republicans going to do if they don't like what he says? Well, they can't challenge him because there's nobody else to challenge him. Um, That's true. But uh, but now he's gone. He's and he's been replaced by a Democrat. So now the Democrats, the, the Hawaii State Senate is 100 percent Democratic. The Hawaii House of Representatives, very, very few Republicans. And right now, the minority leader in the very, very small Andrea Tupola in the very, very small Hawaii House of Representatives uh, is uh, she's the nominee. So now she's going to lose her seat. Who knows if the Republicans can even hold on to that seat. So that might shrink down the Republican uh, minority, the already small Republican minority in the Hawaii House of Representatives. Um, but yeah, because it's pretty much in shambles as of this point. For a while, there was a glimmer of hope for Republicans there because from 2003 to 2011, uh, they had Ling- Linda Lingle as their governor, who was a Republican who served as governor of Hawaii. And she won by a huge, huge landslide reelection margin in 2006, in spite of it being a favorable year for Democrats. But she was term limited. She got replaced by Neil Agricrombie and then David Ige. For a while, one of the two House members in Hawaii was a Republican, but that was only for like a term or so. And now he's gone. Now Republicans have barely any footing in Hawaii, uh, it's, which is why it's safe for David Ige. And finally, the, uh, the third safe Democratic governor race seat is uh, in New York with Andrew Cuomo. Uh, this week we'll talk about it on, I'm going to talk about it with my guests tomorrow on politics weekly when I record that episode. But again, uh, he took down Cynthia Nixon this Thursday in my state by a huge margin. Um, but, uh, there's practically no chance that Mark Molinaro, the Republican will defeat him again. I'm rooting for Larry Sharp, the libertarian. I'm a huge fan of him. He came 30 votes away from me, Gary Johnson's running mate in 2016. He's a very principled libertarian, so I'll be voting for Larry Sharp this November, but I don't think he has a chance either. I'm just looking at it from a moralistic standpoint. Um, So I think Cuomo can probably rest easy knowing that he'll probably be a candidate for president in 2020. But anyways, those are all the safe Democratic states. Uh, Going to the likely Republican states, we have... Uh, this is good news for Republicans since this is not a Republican seat. Right now, Hawaii, I've moved that to likely Republican. Uh, South Dakota, likely Republican. Tennessee, likely Republican. Maryland, likely Republican. Vermont, likely Republican. And New Hampshire, likely Republican. These are all the likely Republican states. Likely Democratic states, uh, I already talked about New Mexico, Illinois, uh, uh, in Michigan, there's also Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm listing that as likely Democratic. Uh, I don't see any way that Tom Wolf, the incumbent, or I, there, there is a chance that Scott Wagner, the Republican, could take down the incumbent Tom Wolf, but I do find it very unlikely, which is why it's likely Democratic. I mean, Trump won the state, but I still find it unlikely. Um, and then the tilt, or sorry, the leaning 
Republican states. There's only one leading Republican state, and that's the state of Oklahoma, uh, which is odd because both Donald Trump and Mitt Romney, not only did they win the state by all, over 30 points, but they both won every single county. But right now, um, Drew Edmondson, the former attorney general, he's a Democrat. He was the former attorney general of Oklahoma. He's facing a serious challenge to the Republican businessman outsider, Kevin Stitt. Uh, Kevin Stitt, uh, still favored, but he's got a lot of work to do to make to get his name out because not a lot of people know who he is. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and then also, he's also got to be very careful because Mary Fallon is the most unpopular governor in the country. So he's got to be careful with that. Uh, but yeah, so there's there's that state. Um, and then the lean Democratic states include uh, uh, Oregon, Colorado, Minnesota, Connecticut, Rhode Island, uh, uh, and Maine, um, which is currently held by a Republican. And then the tilt Republican states, the tilt Republican states are Arizona, Iowa, Wisconsin, Georgia, and I think that's about it. The tilt Democratic states are Nevada, Ohio, and Florida. Um, so what are your thoughts on all that before I – oh, and then I also have listed Kansas as tilt independent for a reason I'll talk about. But anyways, what are your thoughts on that generally? Yeah, as far as Connecticut, I'm not even sure why because Dan Malloy, I think his, his – Ratings weren't that pop; were pretty low, so I'm not sure. Oh, he's the second most unpopular governor in the country, but he's not running for re-election, so he's out. Now you could say maybe, maybe those approval ratings will rub off on the Connecticut Democratic Party, and it might help Republicans since since it's an open seat. There's no independent, or there's no incumbent. But here's here's the problem. There are a couple problems. I like Bob Stefanowski as a nominee. He's the Republican. He's a businessman. I like him. I like how he wants to eliminate the federal income tax, sort of like Ron Paul. But the problem that I think he's going to have is, number one, if you look at, like, Maryland or Vermont or Illinois or Massachusetts, all of them are blue states with Republican governors. They all got into office by running a very centrist campaign, a very center uh, right campaign. They try and say that they would be fiscal on conservative issues, but liberal on social issues, which was only half true because I think Charlie Baker at least tried to expand Medicare in the state of Massachusetts. And I think Bruce Rauner actually signed a bill that would use taxpayer money to fund late term abortions in Illinois, despite being a Republican. Um, and uh, and I think what's his name? Phil Scott has had some fiscal issues. He was against repealing Obamacare. So I don't know how true that is. But still, um, Bob Stefanowski hasn't done any of that. He's been totally, totally conservative, which might be good. Maybe that means he's more principled than other candidates. But I think it's going to hurt him in a blue state like Connecticut. The other problem is that Ned Lamont is much more well-known than Bob Stefanowski is. Ned Lamont is well-known because in 2006, Ned Lamont primaried 
uh, Joe Lieberman, who at the time was the incumbent Democratic senator. He was Al Gore's running mate for vice president in 2000 or for vice president in 2000. He challenged him in the primaries and won, advertising himself as the most liberal option. He won the nomination. Ultimately, though, Joe Lieberman ran as an independent and defeated Lamont. But Lamont still got his name recognition out there. And now he's running for governor and he's the Democratic nominee this year. So I think that's going to help Ned Lamont a decent amount. Um, I think the other problem is that is the fact uh, of all this anti-Trump sentiment. I think the anti-Trump sentiment in the air is probably going to hurt. Uh, what's his name? It's probably going to hurt uh, Bob Stefanoski. Yeah, Bob Stefanoski. I think it's going to hurt all the anti-Trump sentiment is going to hurt Bob Stefanoski. Ned Lamont has already been trying to link Stefanoski to Trump. He's been trying to link him to the fact that Trump uh, congratulated Stefanoski in a tweet on election night and trying to attack him for that. He even gave him the nickname Trump Bob Trumpinoski. But yeah, because of that, I think Lamont is favored. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on that. Uh, Okay, so some of the other states... Um, so I've moved in my, in the last episode we did, I said that Alabama was likely Republican. I'm now saying it's safe Republican because Kay Ivey has a considerable lead in the polls and also because she is the third most popular governor in the country. So it's very, very hard for me to see Kay Ivey losing this election. I thought maybe, uh, it might hurt. I, I thought maybe uh, a special election, maybe because of the special election with Doug Jones, that might make the race closer than expected. Because if you go back to 2010, right after Ted Kennedy died, they had a special election to replace him. And, oh, what do you know? A Republican, uh, Scott Brown, actually won in Massachusetts. Guess what? One year later, Deval Patrick, the, the incumbent Democrat, wins, but he only barely scratches by um, he actually, Charlie Baker actually ran against him that year as well, but he only barely scratched by defeating Charlie Baker. So I thought maybe history could repeat itself, uh, you know, cause you had a Republican win in a blue state. And then a year later, the governor's race is contentious. I thought maybe the same thing could happen. Maybe you could have a scenario where there's uh, a Democrat who wins in a red state. And then a year later, it's the Republican governor barely scratches by, but I think it's much different this year because of the fact that Kay Ivey is the third most beloved governor in the country, the third most popular governor in the country. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that because of the popularity, Alabama, it's, it's safe Republican now. Yeah. And then, um, in terms of uh, South Carolina, uh, right now there's a hurricane going on, unfortunately. Um, but right now there's a governor's race. Uh, Henry McMaster, he became governor. What happened was um, Nikki Haley, when she became UN ambassador, she resigned and her lieutenant governor, Henry McMaster, took office. So now Henry McMaster is running for a full term. He was one of now, you got to remember, Nikki Haley was very hesitant to support Trump during the 2016 election. However, Henry McMaster, on the other hand, was one of Trump's earliest supporters. Um, I, I originally had this as a likely Republican. I'm going to say this is safe Republican. It's very hard for me to 
see um uh what uh what's his name uh it's very hard for me to see the democrat james smith uh winning this race uh because of how partisan republican this state is what are your thoughts on that yeah i'm gonna i agree with you on that definitely safe republican because uh because of the partisanship in that state yeah I, I can't remember. I might have said that Texas was likely Republican. I think you did. But I don't know if I said that I or think not. you did. But, okay, well, now I'm saying it's safe Republican because Lupe Valdez, um, she's the Democrat running. She was the former sheriff of Dallas County. She's hoping to become the first openly gay governor uh, in American history, unless you count um, – Kate Brown, the governor of Oregon, but she's she's not openly lesbian. She's openly bisexual. Um, but if Lupe Valdez were elected, she'd be the op- the first openly gay governor. Um, right now, uh, again, I, I think I said it was likely Republican before because I thought with what's what's building up to be a contentious Senate race, and we'll talk about that later. But what's building up to be a contentious Senate race between Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke, I thought maybe that could wear off. Uh, maybe the, the narrowness of that race could wear off on the governor's race and maybe make it a little closer than expected. Not saying Greg Abbott wouldn't win by a big margin, but maybe he'd win by a 10 or a 9-point margin instead of the 20-point margin, which or I think the 21-point margin, which he won by when he was first elected four years ago in 2014 when he defeated um, Wendy Davis, when he defeated Wendy Davis. Um, But that doesn't seem to be the case. Maybe it'll be slightly closer. Maybe it'll be a 15-point margin. But I still think that he's going to pull this one off pretty easily uh, due to the fact that he has a pretty considerable lead in the polls, number one. And number two, Lupe Valdez. I've talked to a lot of Democrats that have problems with Lupe Valdez as a Democrat. So I think that's going to hurt her as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree again with you on that because um, because of the reputation. If Democrats, the Democrats are not liking their, um, their nominee, I don't think that they're going to win or go far. Yeah, it's alienating right. them. Well, and then also you got to keep in mind that Greg Abbott is a pretty popular governor. He has pretty solid approval ratings in that state. So it's going to be very, very hard with the, the approval ratings he had to unseat him. Yeah, I agree. All right. And then another uh, – but uh, one race, this is interesting. Um, South Dakota. South Dakota, of all states, is only likely Republican. South Dakota hasn't – the last time they elected a Democratic governor was in 1974. The last time uh, a race was even close for a Republican was in 1986. And now this race is only being listed as likely Republican. Why, you may ask? Because uh, a recent poll came out showing that Kristi Noem was leading Billy Sutton. Kristi Noem is the congresswoman there. They only have one Congress congressional or one congressional House seat in South Dakota. And the woman who's holding that seat, Christy Noem, she's the candidate for governor this year. Um, right now, she is 
there was a poll that came out. She's running against the minority leader in the South Dakota House of Representatives. There was a poll that came out, and she was leading, but by only a couple percentage points. And it was by, and she didn't even get fifty percent of the vote. Oh wow! So, so now there's that, and and the fact that Billy Sutton has kind of been gaining a lot of momentum. This leads Democrats to thinking that maybe this might be a little closer than expected. Now, overall, it's expected very much so that Christy Nome uh, will hold on to the seat. Definitely, it's very, very much expected that she is going to hold on to the seat for the Republicans because it's just so partisan to the right. It's just such a partisan state. Yes, they have had Democratic senators like Tim Johnson, who is a Democratic senator there until 2015. Um, But it's very partisan. And like I said, the last time they elected a Democrat was in 1974. The last time it was even hard for a Republican to win in the state was in 1986. But imagine – so, yeah, it's, it's – I'm pretty certain it'll probably, at the end of the day, the day, go to Christy Nome. And maybe this is just a fluke. Maybe this is just a fad. Maybe this goes away. Maybe more polls come out that show her leading by 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 points. But as of right now, this is very disconcerting for, uh, for Republicans right now. Uh, I mean, because imagine if – she wins. Okay, she wins, like everybody expects. But she only comes, she comes like five points or less away from winning. That's huge. That's huge in a state like South Dakota. How does that happen in a partisan Republican state? And if that happens, I think that, kind of, that, that would solidify the idea that a blue wave is happening. If Republicans can't easily win re-election or, or easily if they actually have to fight to hold South Dakota and it's actually narrow, then I think that's a sign that you're going to see a blue wave across the country. Yeah, I agree. Hold on. I don't think it's going to happen, hold but on. I agree. I'm recording right now. Hello? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. No problem. Um, so, um, uh, right now, okay, so, um, yeah, so imagine if that happens. Imagine if Republicans actually have to fight for this for this seat, which both Donald Trump and Mitt Romney won by huge margins in the presidential race. I mean, South Dakota has not gone for a Democrat in a presidential election since Lyndon Johnson's landslide victory over Barry Goldwater in 1964 that was the last time that was that was 54 years ago 54 years ago it went to a democrat in a presidential election and yet this governor's and and again i have to bring up the facts the last time a democrat won here was 1974 the last time a democrat even came close to winning was in 1986 for for governor if um I don't know about you, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. If South Dakota, if they don't have this in the bag, I, if on election night, it, uh, Christy Nome wins by three, four, even six percentage points, I think it's very hard to deny that there's a blue wave across the country and that Democrats 
have the momentum. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think if that happens, that that there's there's definitely a concern about a blue wave coming, but I just don't see it happen. I don't. Um, I would say 98% sure that a blue wave is not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, anyways, another state um, is Tennessee. So right now, uh, Bill uh, Billy is a businessman, and he's running against uh, Carl Dean, who's the former mayor of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and this is being rated as... Uh, likely Republican. It's rated as likely Republican because uh, Billy, uh, yeah, he does have to get some more name recognition out. Again, he's a political outsider. He actually, fun fact, in the primary, he took down a statewide elected official. He's Again, he's a businessman who's never held political office before in his life. He took down uh, in the primary, in the Republican primary, he took down a statewide elected official he took down the speaker of the Tennessee House of Representatives and he took down a a longtime congresswoman who had the endorsement for governor from Mike Pence he took all of them down nobody had ever heard of him he was just a random businessman who had never nobody had ever heard of and he beat all of them so that was pretty impressive. But now he's the Republican nominee. He's running against Carl Dean. This will probably go to the Republicans. Um, there are a few concerns the Republicans need to have. Again, Bill Lee might not have the most name recognition, but he is a good candidate. He is a good candidate. Uh, and I think that's going to help him. Um, the other concern is that right now it's looking like there's going to be a very, very competitive Senate race for the first time in years in Tennessee. And we might actually see a Democratic senator in Tennessee for the first time since the Al Gore era. Um, and if that happens, that might make the race closer than expected. Um, but right now, Car- uh, Bill Lee does have a narrow but consistent lead in the polls. So I do anticipate that this is a likely Republican state. However, I do think it will be at least considerably close i'm predicting maybe a 50 maybe he wins 51 to 47 percent um what are your thoughts yeah i think a three to five point win i think will happen most likely and republicans will will win there yeah um uh another state uh i I wanted to talk about is maryland in my last episode i just listed it as lean republican uh, again, Larry Hogan is the. What are your What are your thoughts on Larry Hogan? By the way, hmm, Larry Hogan. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked. I haven't really researched and looked. You know, looked at him. Looked read up on him much. So I don't know much about mm. him. Okay, so he's running again. Now, again, I only listed it as lean Republican in the last episode because. The one thing Democrats really, really had on their side in this race for a while was precedent. Uh, again, uh, the, there, there's only been one Republican governor in Maryland history since Maryland statehood, uh, or since, it's fe- since it was founded as a state. Maryland has only had one Republican governor that was reelected, and that Republican governor was re- and that Republican governor who was reelected to a second term was reelected. 60 years ago. Um, Even Larry Hogan's mentor, Bob Elrich, 
who is governor from 2003 to 2007, couldn't hold a seat in 2006, despite having somewhat favorable approval ratings. But Larry Hogan, he doesn't just have somewhat favorable approval ratings. His approval ratings are so good, he is the second most popular governor in the country. So he's got that on his side. Another problem is Ben Jealous. Uh, Again, a lot of progressives really like him. He, again, it was very much expected that Rusher and Baker, the Prince County executive, would be the nominee facing off against Larry Hogan. But in, a, in an upset, and this was actually, this happened the same night that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won, uh, Ben Jealous, the progressive Bernie Sanders nominee, who was the former president of the NAACP, ended up winning the Democratic nomination. Many people thought that if Democrats could band together uh, if progressives could band together, Ben Jealous could actually have a chance of pulling this off in spite of Larry Hogan's approval ratings. However, it's looking less and less likely that that's going to happen now because <clears throat> uh, Ben Jealous has been getting into a lot of trouble. He's had a lot of gaffes. There was one time where um, uh, Ben Jealous, a reporter, uh, actually was at an event for Ben Jealous, and he asked Ben Jealous a question. He said, uh, oh, Larry Hogan tried to say you're a socialist. Uh, do you agree with that idea? Do you not agree with that idea? Yada, 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 and are you a socialist? And Ben Jealous said, uh, Ben Jealous, he kind of dodged the question, but he said, oh, well, Larry Hogan saying that was racist, yada, yada, yada. It was like when Barry Goldwater called Martin Luther King a socialist, Yada, 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 yada. And then he said, yeah, I know that, but are you a socialist? And then Ben Jealous said, at this, at this event where there were tons of reporters, where it was being filmed for, for nightly news, where it was being filmed for the 6 o'clock news report, in front of all these people, he says, are you bleeping kidding me? Wow. Yeah. And that was, he came under immense fire for that. And he had to apologize for that. Um, and uh, he, uh, so he had to apologize for saying that. Um, but now another thing he's had to apologize for has come out. Um, there was, uh, he, he was talking about criminal justice reform and police and whatnot um, and Black Lives Matter and supporting Black Lives Matter. And this person replied to his tweet. It was a random person who advocated violence against cops uh, and used pretty vulgar language. He said they were, this guy said that cops were like effing rats and stuff. And Ben Jealous liked that. Tweet. What? Yeah. And then, um, and then he unliked it and had to release an apology. And he tried to say, well, my family served fire were serves as police officers. I am not a police officer or I'm not anti-police officer. Um, but yeah, that really hurt him. So that's not great for Ben Jealous. Um, and then to make matters worse, there uh, there's not a single poll. You, you, you won't find a single poll where uh, Larry Hogan is losing to Ben Jealous. Uh, or you won't find a single poll where Ben Jealous is ahead of Larry Hogan. There's that. The other problem is you they're not even considered the polls aren't even considerably close. The closest poll, the most 
narrow poll out there shows Larry Hogan leading Ben Jealous by nine points. Nine points. And that is the narrowest margin. Every other poll shows him leading 15 to 20 percentage points. So because of that, I find it very, very unlikely that Ben Jealous is going to be able to pull this off, especially with Larry Hogan's Hogan's immense popularity. Um, Ben Jealous, again, he's been trying to link Larry Hogan to Donald Trump um, by saying, oh, he's Donald, you know, yada, yada, yada. But Larry Hogan, again, Larry Hogan has separated himself pretty successfully from Donald Trump. Again, he didn't he didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016. Um, he is more conservative than Charlie Baker is. He's he said that he's personally pro-life, but he wouldn't do anything to change the abortion laws because his constituents were typically pro-choice. Um, and but he also said that um, he's also pro-gun control. And he's also, uh, but he is a low tax Republican. Uh, like he's cut taxes on a lot of things. I'm not sure. Do you have the, you know what the easy passes are? Yeah. Like yeah on the high yes, end? I have one. Yeah, so do I. He completely abolished he uh, the fee for easy passes. Hmm. So now you don't have to, if you were to go to an easy pass in Maryland, you wouldn't have to pay to get through. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, so he's pretty popular. So I see no chance of him winning. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. And, and the, the the controversial things that uh, his opponent—I forget his name right now—that uh, right, he said, I don't, I don't think there's a chance of him getting in. And and he said nine nine percentage is the lowest he's come. So I don't think there's no chance. Yeah. Well, I'm listing it as likely Republican just just because. Again, it could be closer than expected. It could be if, if Democrats do really well on that night, it could be closer than expected. And it is a blue state. I won't deny that. Um, both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama won the state by considerable margins um, with over 60 percent of the vote. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, I think it's very hard to see. Even if he's close, it's hard to see. Ben Jealous crossing the finish line uh, here. And I previously listed it as just lean Republican. I've moved it into the likely Republican column. So I wanted to address that change. So that's good news for Republicans. What's not so good news for Republicans is Vermont. So Vermont, for a while, like with Charlie Baker and Larry Hogan, Phil Scott, the Republican governor of Vermont, uh, he was doing, uh, he had really high approval ratings and he was in the top 10 most popular governors, but he signed a controversial gun control bill into law, which, yes, uh, Vermont is a blue state, but in Vermont, there are a lot of outdoor people. There's a lot of mountain ranges and a lot of people that like their gun rights. In fact, for a while, Bernie Sanders actually had to vote with, uh, had to vote against anti-gun laws because Bernie Sanders knew how popular uh, or how unpopular gun control was in that state. And Phil Scott, I guess he just assumed that, oh, well, it's a progressive state. They must love gun control. So he signed this anti-gun control bill into law. And since the new approval ratings, the most recent approval ratings came out about a month ago, they've shown that Phil Scott's approval numbers have dropped 
36 points, a huge dive. Um, but uh, they are still above water. His approval ratings are still above water, but that's still a huge drop. Now, I previously listed the race as safe Republican. I'm going to rate the, uh, list the race as, um, as likely Republican. I still think he'll win because, again, even though his approval ratings have dropped, he's still considerably popular, and he still, uh, he still has a big support group amongst independents. Like, he's still much more favored amongst independents than any of the other Democrats are. Um, but, yeah, so I push that back from safe Republican to likely Republican, especially since this is a blue state. It's Bernie Sanders' home state. It's a state that both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama won by considerable margins um, in 2016 and 2012. Um, uh, his opponent, uh, Christine Hallquist, is uh, hoping to be – she's the Democrat – She's hoping to be the first transgender governor in American history. Um, unfortunately, there's there are no polls between the two of them. Uh, there aren't there haven't been any major polls conducted between Hallquist, the Democrat, who's hoping to be the first transgender woman elected governor of any U.S. state in history, and the incumbent Republican Phil Scott, which is unfortunate, but. As of right now, we have to go by as many statistics as we can. And for that reason, I'm going to say that he's favored by a, a little bit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it, it's still going to be likely Republican, probably favored by uh, maybe between five and nine points. Yeah, I, I, I think it might be a little bit more. I think maybe it might be like a 56, 36 margin or something. Just because I think it's a little, it, I think if he had, if this were before this, if this came out before this, then I think Phil Scott, if his approval ratings were still as good, he'd have a chance to win by like maybe over 60 percentage points, would be, which would be a landslide margin. He used to be that popular, but I think because of what's been going on with his approval rating dropping a significant amount, uh, I think... I think it's going to be a little less, but I think it's too little, too late to make a major difference. So I think he'll he'll win by maybe like 50, 56% of the vote. I don't know. Um, which would be a considerable margin still, just not as big as it could be. Right. But um, yeah, I've, I've listed that as likely Republican. Um, uh, let me go around. Another, a couple other interesting states. Um, for Oh, yeah. So Alaska, this is good news for Republicans. Alaska is uh, likely Republican. Before, in my last episode, I said it was only lean Republican. Now it's likely Republican um, because uh, I'm trying to remember what the Republican's na- name is. Let me look up what, what, what his name was. Hold okay. on. Um, but the Republican running has a big lead in the polls. Um, he is running against a well-known um, – ex-senator. Oh, Mike Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy is the Republican running. Right now, Bill Walker is um, is running for re-election. He's currently the only independent governor currently in the country, Bill Walker. And he's hoping to run again, but it's looking like he barely has a chance of getting re-elected. He may be 
he might be more endangered than Bruce. He might be a more endangered incumbent than Bruce Rauner is in Illinois because he's his approval ratings are really bad. Wow. And I mean really, really bad uh, in Alaska. That's the first problem. The second problem is he managed to win in 2014 in spite of unseating the incumbent Republican Sean Parnell. Sean Parnell was Sarah Palin's lieutenant governor. He became governor after Sarah Palin resigned. He won a full term in 2010. He ran for re-election in 2014, but lost to Bill Walker, uh, who was the independent. Now, why would that happen? Because 2014 was a pretty favorable year for Republicans. Well, a couple of problems. First of all, um, uh, Bill Walker, originally Byron Mallett was going to be the Democratic nominee for governor that year. But Byron Mallett agreed to combine a ticket with Bill Walker. So Bill Walker would run as an independent and Byron uh, Mallett would run for lieutenant governor on that same ticket with Bill Walker. So they combined a ticket together and the Democratic Party agreed to cross endorse the independent Bill Walker. The other problem was that there was a big push, especially amongst uh, Sarah Palin, because Sarah Palin pushed this very hard for Bill Walker to win. Sarah Palin actually endorsed Bill Walker, which was weird because he typically has more liberal ideas. Um, but she still endorsed him over Sean Parnell, who used to be her own lieutenant governor, and that helped Bill Walker cross the finish line. But since then, his approval ratings have dropped to a point where it's going to be very, very almost impossible for him to get reelected. But there's also, again, you got to remember, four years ago, the Democratic Party cross-endorsed him. Good. That meant that he wouldn't split the vote with any Democrat. Well, same thing isn't going to happen this year. Instead, the Democrats are nominating their own nominee, and it was actually the nominee there that they have was actually a former U.S. Senator, Mark Begich. He was the former U.S. Senator from Alaska. He lost re-election in 2014, but the fact that he has that name recognition uh, helps him make a significant change. Um, however, both of them are losing by big margins in the polls. Mark Begich will probably will almost most certainly come in at least second place. But right now, Mike Dunleavy has a very big margin. I suppose it's possible that it could be close for Mike Dunleavy, but it's still very likely that he is going to win. So right now, I, I'm going to push this race from lean Republican to likely Republican. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's going to be likely Republican as well. I don't think the Democrats will win in Alaska. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about some of the lean Republican slash lean Democrat states. So first of all, Oregon, um, Oregon, I had as likely democratic. I still think she's going to win. Um, Kate Brown, the incumbent governor, I think she's going to win. Um, but I think, uh, I think that uh, Newt Bueller, the only reason it's lean, I'm pushing it to lean, is because Newt Bueller, the Republican, he's a centrist Republican. Um, he's a state representative. He's a pretty centrist Republican. He supported gay marriage uh, before gay marriage was normal, or before it was, before gay marriage was accepted, normally accepted in the Republican Party. It wasn't, again, it wasn't normally accepted in the Republican Party as of that point. Um, 
but at that even at that time he still supported gay marriage and he he was also pro choice and he has a, a lot of respect from a lot of democrats um mainly because he is um a pretty again he's a centrist republican also he he's a doctor he's a physician and he's a pretty smart guy so that helps him too um but right now, Kate Brown's still probably going to win, but he is polling pretty well, which is why it's leaning Democratic. Also, four years ago, when um, what's his face? I can't remember what. His, oh, John Kidshopper. He only barely scratched by for re-election, incumbent Democrat. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I just think Oregon is such a a partisan um, liberal state. I don't know that a Republican can win there. Yeah. Well, they do have a Republican Secretary of State, and they did have a Republican U.S. Senator there for many years, but you're right, it is. Because here's the thing about Oregon, is Oregon, there are a lot of Republican areas there, but the problem is Portland is just such a Democratic city, it's just such a Democratic area, it's such a progressive area. So for that reason, I'm listing it as lean Democratic. Um, Going down to Colorado, um... Colorado right now, that's a purplish state. Both Hillary Clinton and uh, Obama won the state, but by a pretty narrow margin. So now uh, John Hick, uh, yeah, John Hickenlooper, try saying that five times, <laughs> uh, is uh, he's uh, term limited. He's maxed out. He cannot run for another term. Um, he can't run for another term as um, as governor of Colorado. So now, and this is one this is one of the few states where Republicans might actually make a pickup. I think there are four states Republicans could try and make pickup. There's one in their favor, Alaska, and then they could also try. Uh, realistically, they could they could try Colorado, Minnesota, uh, and Connecticut. They could also try Rhode Island. And Oregon, but again, there are incumbents there, and they're traditionally blue states and presidential races, so it's hard for them to do that. But yeah, so right now, Colorado um, is—you'd uh, think, since it's a purple state, that that at least one of the two major party candidates would be running a centrist campaign. But nope, uh, Jared Polis. The Democratic can- candidate, he's a congressman, and he's uh, he's hoping to be the first openly gay governor in the country. Um, he is uh, pretty progressive. He's pretty far to the left. He has a very big Medicaid. He believes in Medicare for all. He's very progressive. Um, and then on the other hand, you have uh, Walker Stapleton, the state treasurer, who's a Republican, who's actually the second cousin of former President George W. Bush. Um, he's running from a very, very, very far-right uh, standpoint. He has a very far-right view, uh, not just fiscally, but also on social issues, especially when it comes to immigration. So they're both partisan left, partisan uh, right, very much in the air, but I'm saying right now it's going to be lean Democratic because uh, in the last couple of years, Colorado has become more and more blue. By the time of 2024, Colorado may very well be a safe blue state. Um, 
But yeah, it has become more and more increasingly democratic. So for that reason, I'm saying it's leaning blue. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely leaning blue because of um, it does seem to be turning more and more blue. So I, I think it's safely, it might even be safely, actually, to me, Democrat. Yeah, well, the polls are very tight. Mind you, Jared Polis, the Democrat, is ahead in the polls, but they are very, very, very tight. And I think if this were going to be a runaway success for Democrats, he'd have a bigger lead in the polls. But I do think that he is favored. And I, I could see him winning by maybe even eight points, honestly. Yeah. But anyways, moving on. So Minnesota, uh, that's a state Republicans have been hoping to do pretty well in. Last time I listed it as just tilt Democratic. Now I'm moving it to lean Democratic, which is slightly better. The reason why is because um, at that point, it was very much assumed by most people that uh, the Republican nominee would be Tim Pawlenty. Tim Pawlenty is the former governor of Minnesota. Uh, most people thought he'd be the nominee. Uh, however, in an upset, he lost the nomination to Jeff Johnson, who was the Republican nominee, the unsuccessful Republican nominee for governor four years ago. Uh, Jeff Johnson is more in line with the Trump form. Is more of a he's more of a mainstream Republican than Tim Paul Wente is, um, and doesn't have as much name recognition as uh, as uh, what's his name does. Uh, Tim Paul Wente, Jeff Johnson does. So I am saying that Jeff Johnson has not that great a chance of winning. Um, I do think that Tim Walls, the Democrat who's a congressman, is probably going to win. But I do think it will be very narrow. I think it'll be down to the wire. I do think it'll be very narrow because of the fact that Republicans have been gaining ground in Minnesota in recent years. But I do think that overall, Tim Walls will definitely come out on top. And I think Tim Walls has a better shot now, considering that he's running against Jeff Johnson, who not... Who is who doesn't have the most name recognition than he would against uh, Tim Paul Wente. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't I don't know much about Johnson's, so I think that because of the because he don't have that name recognition, I don't think he's gonna do well. So some people know him. He ran. I think he ran unsuccessfully for attorney general one year, and he ran for and he was the nominee for governor. Four years ago, so maybe the fact that you know he's run before might help him, but I still find it unlikely that he's going to win um, because again, Tim Walls is pretty well liked. He's a centrist. Um, keep in mind, there was uh, a bill that Republicans tried to get through that I think they successfully got it through the House that said that if a baby survived abortion, it survived an abortion. It was the hospital's job to take care of that baby and every Repu and uh, the majority of republicans voted for it so it passed i think all republicans voted in the house voted for it so it passed but only nine democrats in the house voted for it which is shocking but tim walls was one of the democrats that voted for it tim walls was one of the people that voted for it um he's kind of waffled around on the issue of gun rights for a while he had an a plus from the nra although he's kind of become less and less of a gun rights supporter in recent years. But um, 
overall, he is a centrist, and I think that will help him uh, in Minnesota, which is which might be changing <clears throat> more Republican in the current climate. Um, and I think he would have had a hard time if he were running against Tim Paul Wente because everybody knows who Tim Paul Wente was in Minnesota because he was the ex-governor. Um, and he could raise a lot of money. But I think now that it's Jeff Johnson, I don't think Jeff Johnson can raise as much money. And I think that's going to overall going to help Tim Walls. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so there, those are, I think, oh, and then we talked about Connecticut. Uh, Rhode Island, it's looking like Rhode Island will be a rematch election. They had their primaries this Tuesday, or no, this, was it this Tuesday? No, this Wednesday they had their primaries. Um, and it's looking like that's going to be a rematch uh, between uh, Gina Raimondo, who's the incumbent governor, uh, and uh, Alan Fung, the mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island, who was the nominee for governor four years ago. So it's going to be a rematch between the two of them. Um, so, uh, but so again, uh, uh, da, 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 what's his name? Fung, Alan Fung came close to winning four years ago. He didn't. Um, but he came very close to winning, which is what, and Gina Raimondo doesn't have the greatest approval ratings. They're not dreadful, but they're still underwater, um, which has led some Republicans to think that they might have a chance there, but it is a blue state. It's like, it's looking to be an anti-Trump year. Um, and she is the incumbent, so she'll probably scratch by and win this. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I agree. Yes. All right, so, and then there's one lean Republican state that I have, and that's Oklahoma. For a while, Oklahoma I had as likely Republican. I mean, I think I actually talked about Oklahoma, so I'll move on. Um, So uh, some of the tilt states, Nevada, again, Hillary Clinton won the state, but I'm going to say that Nevada is tilting, only tilted in the Democrats' favor because the incumbent Republican there is very popular. He can't run for a third term, but he's very popular there and has good approval ratings. And he won re-election in 2014. He won every single county and won with over 70% of the the vote. Um, But now uh, the attorney general there, Adam Laxalt, who is the grandson of uh, a former U.S. senator from that state, is uh, hoping to win, become governor. Um, but he's running against Steve Sisolak, the Democrat. Um, overall, this is a very tight race. Polls are extremely close. Overall, I'm going to say Sisolak is very, very narrowly favored. I, I could be wrong. This could go for the Republican, but I think Sisolak is narrowly favored just because of the fact that this went for Hillary Clinton in 2016. But again, it's going to be very, very close. It's going to be very, very down to the wire. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's going to be down to the wire as well. But um, I don't know. For some reason, I, I just feel is that the Republican might come out on top on this one. And there's good reason to believe that. Because, again, the, the Republican governor there is pretty popular. And if uh, Waxalt can, um, uh, if Waxalt can link himself uh, to the governor there... Um, Brian Sandoval, then that might help him. And who knows, he might even scratch by. 
But right now, as of this point, I think uh, definitely the uh, the Democrat is slightly favored, just slightly favored, which is why it's tilt Democratic. Um, going over to Ohio, again, very, very down-to-the-wire race. Uh, Richard Cordray, uh, the former attorney general, the former, uh, I think he was the former secretary of the Financial Protection Bureau. Um, he's the Democrat. Um, he's running uh, for governor in Ohio. Um, he's running against Mike DeWine, the current attorney general and former U.S. senator. Um, right now I'm saying... Again, this is going to be really, really tight down to the wire. There's a lot of reason to believe Mike DeWine will win, especially since he's a former U.S. senator. But overall, I think Richard Cordray has run a better campaign overall, so I'm going to say that he's slightly favored. I'm going to say Ohio is tilt Democratic. What are your yeah, I agree that it's probably tilting towards the Democrats. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think so. And then uh, Florida... Uh, another key purple state. You again, like with Colorado, you'd think that they'd be running really centrist campaigns, um, but they're not. Uh, as it turns out, in Florida, um, the uh, Republican is running far to the right. Ron DeSantis, the now ex-congressman, he resigned recently, um, which we'll talk about on my next episode of Politics Weekly. Stay tuned for that. Um, he is running uh, to, um, but yeah, right now he is running to do, 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 do. Um, uh, right now. Oh, all right. Uh, so Rick Scott, the incumbent governor, can't run for re-election due to term limits. He's instead running for the U.S. Senate, and he has a pretty good chance of winning. But right now it's down to Ron DeSantis, who put out an ad where he essentially acted like the biggest Trump fanboy ever. Like, here's what happens in the ad. Like, his wife says, oh, you know, everybody knows Ron DeSantis is a big Trump fan, uh, but he's such a great father. And he, uh, and and then shows him with one of his kids playing with building blocks. And he keeps telling his kid to use the building blocks to build the wall. (laughs) And then he says, He's teaching Madison how to read. And then he's with his, like, with his young, he's with his daughter, his, like, three-year-old daughter, his two- or three-year-old daughter. And he's holding up a Trump sign, and he says, okay, repeat after me. Make America great again. And then uh, he says, uh, and then um, he says, uh, he's reading bedtime stories. And then he says, and then Trump said, you're a big loser. I like that part to his kid. And then he says, everybody says uh, Ron's all Trump, but he's so much more. And then it shows his, his infant child with a Make America Great Again onesie on. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a lot of pandering. It seems pretty creepy. If I were Donald Trump, I'd be pretty scared for my life. <laughs> You know, I'd be pretty scared that Ron DeSantis was going to show up in my bush the next day. Yeah, I agree. I, I would probably say I'd probably put the White House on lockdown to make sure that this guy with a creepy obsession with Trump doesn't like sneak on the premises, <laughs> like 
to spend some me time with Trump. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's it's, it's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he has, he has a very creepy obsession with him. Um, but uh, on the other hand, the Democrat that was nominated, again, for a while, this was leaning Democratic. Now it's just tilt because uh, I thought that the nominee was either going to be Philip Levine, the former mayor of Miami Beach, Florida, um, or Gwen Graham, the uh, the daughter of former governor, Florida governor and U.S. Senator Bob Graham. Um, and... Uh, I thought she might be the nominee or Philip Levine might be the nominee. Um, and I think overall, they probably would have had better chances of beating. Uh, uh, what's his name? Ron DeSantis. Because, again, they they have a lot of appeal in a lot of the Florida areas. There's a lot of appeal for those candidates in a lot of the su- suburbs of Florida. And if you can't win in the suburbs, then it's very... It's going to be very, very hard for you to win. Um, but um, so I think demographically they had an advantage. Um, but now they've gone with Andrew Gilliam, the mayor of Tallahassee, Florida, which was a huge upset, a huge progressive upset, because, again, there have been a lot of huge progressive upsets lately, ever since Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but apparently not for Cynthia Nixon, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um but uh, he was one of them. He's a huge, huge, huge leftist. <clears throat> I mean, he supports Medicare for all. Um, he supports big social programs. He's just a huge, 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 huge <laughs> Bernie Sanders type of guy. Although I, I read somewhere that he actually was a super delegate that gave his superdelegate to Hillary Clinton in 2016. So I don't know. Maybe he's more establishment than they were. But that was a big upset because he was coming in fourth in the polls, and yet he ended up winning the nomination. So it's really up in the air. But overall, I'm thinking Gilliam, the Democrat, has a slight edge due to the fact that I think he – A, if this is a favorable year for Democrats, well, all – any close races are gonna fa- are gonna break in favor of the Democrats, or most close races are gonna probably, in purple states at least, are gonna favor are gonna break for the Democrats because that's just how it works in midterm elections, um, or in or in wave midterm elections, I should say. Um, also, I think he has a good chance of uh, energizing voters in Broward County. And again, if you're a Democrat running, wanting to either win Florida in a presidential election or win in Florida, your key to victory statewide is to have a really high turnout in Broward County. Broward County has a very high minority population. Broward County was the same county where the Parkland shooting happened. Um, So it's a very, very, very liberal county. It's basically the epicenter of liberalism in this it's it's the most democratic area of florida it is the epicenter of liberalism in that state and it has a big population which could influence the election but the problem is there's often low voter turnouts out of the state of broward county um and uh part of the reason hillary clinton lost 
uh, I believe, lost Florida in spite of there being a big minority population in Florida, a lot of Hispanics there definitely, is because Broward County just did not – she just didn't get a high – uh, voter turnout out of Broward County. She couldn't energize people to go out and vote for her. And there was a low voter turnout in Broward County, which was part of the reason Trump won Florida in 2016. Uh, well, now um, uh, Andrew Gilliam's running, and he I think he's the perfect candidate who could appeal to the, the more liberal voters in Broward County. So for that reason, I think he's going to narrowly scratch scratch by and win this what are your thoughts yeah i have to agree with you on that i think he's gonna narrowly narrowly win it i don't think i, I don't think that the republicans gonna gonna take this one yeah um a couple other races that i want to go over real quick uh arizona has tightened uh doug ducey uh is uh he's the incumbent not doing too well uh he's running against david garcia uh, he's, uh, he's, I still think he's slightly favored. It was originally lean Republican. Now it's just tilt Republican, uh, because David Garcia has been doing really well in the polls lately. Overall though, I think Doug Ducey, I think the death of John McCain might, might influence some sympathy voters to vote for Doug Ducey. And I think the fact that he's the incumbent will help him, but this could be one of the most hotly contested governor's races in the country. In fact, I, I'm predicting right now um, Ducey wins by a point. That's my prediction right now, but it's still Republican. Uh, Iowa, again, polls tightening, but uh, it's a purple state, but ultimately I'm going to say that um, the incumbent Kim Reynolds is going to defeat Democratic businessman Frank Hubel um, narrowly. I think She's going to win by maybe like two percentage points. It's going to be narrow, but I think she's the incumbent, so she'll probably win. <clears throat> going over to Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin, I originally had that as tilt Democratic. I'm going to say it's tilt Republican now just because Scott Walker is the incumbent. I think that might help him. Um, and he has a lot of name. He has national name recognition for being a presidential candidate in 2016, though I could be wrong. And then finally, Georgia. Uh, I'm going to say that that's tilt Republican just because of how far to the left Stacey Abrams is. But this could be really, really hotly contested between her and Brian Kemp, the Republican Secretary of State there. Uh, any objections to any of those? No, I agree with you on that. So why don't we move on to the Senate then? How's that sound? Sounds good to me. So let's get to the Senate. I took a picture Okay, so the most hotly contested Senate races I've listed this year include uh, Nevada, currently held by the Republicans, um, Arizona, currently held by the Republicans, uh, Texas, and they're all Republican states that are considered vulnerable. All the Democratic states that are considered vulnerable include Montana, North Dakota, Missouri, Indiana, West Virginia, and Florida. These are all the states that are considered the most highly contested out of all the, um, out of all of them. But here's my current rating so far. So right now, safe democratic states include Hawaii, California, Washington, uh, 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 Minnesota, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, 
Virginia, uh, Maryland, Delaware, uh, New Jersey, uh, uh, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. These are all safely Democratic. There's little to no chance of Republicans picking up these seats. Uh, Vermont and uh, and uh, and Maine are both both uh, of the candidates in those states that are up this year are both independents that are running for re-election, but they're both pretty popular. Um, so I'm going to say uh, that uh, and so I'm going to say that that's considered safe independent for both of those states. But both both of those states, both of their victories would be technically they're safe Democratic because of the fact that, again, Vermont, Bernie Sanders, he's an independent who votes with the Democrats, uh, independent um, Maine, uh, Angus King is an independent who's up. He caucuses with the Democrats. Both of those are safe for both candidates, um, but they both vote with Democrats. So that would be victories for Democrats. <clears throat> the states that are safely Republican include uh, Utah, uh, Utah, uh, yeah, Utah, Wyoming, and Mississippi. The states that are likely Republican are Texas, Nebraska, and the Mississippi special election. The states that the races that are likely for Democrats include New Mexico, uh, Minnesota, or Minnesota's special election. This is the race that was, the seat was held vacant after Al Franken's resignation. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, uh, Ohio, um, and I think that's about it. Uh, states that are leaning in the Democrats' favor include uh, Nevada, which is currently held by a Republican, Wyoming, and uh, West Virginia. These are all leaning Democratic states. The tilt Democratic states include, uh, oh, sorry, the lean Republican states. Um, there's one leaning Republican state right now, and that is the state of uh, Texas. Texas is the leaning Republican. Um, the um, let me see. There, uh, the tilt Democratic states include Arizona, Missouri, Tennessee, and Indiana. <clears throat> the tilt Republican states include Florida and North Dakota, both of which are states currently held, both of which are seats currently held by Democrats. So, what are your thoughts on this prediction? Oh, yeah, no. I agree with you. I, I agree with you on, on what you just just said. So, anyways, I, a couple of things. That, Sorry, continue. I, I don't think that um, with Texas, I don't, I don't know about Texas. It used to be safely Republican, but now I just don't know. Yeah, I think it's lean Republican um, yeah. for a couple of reasons. I think, well, I think the main reason is because, well, there are two reasons. First of all, Ted Cruz has a lot of name recognition because he was the runner-up in the presidential primary in 2016. Now, Beto O'Rourke has been making a lot of money, but that's mainly been from out-of-state voters. Um, 
I think overall Beto O'Rourke will lose this race just because well because of that um but mainly because there aren't I don't think there are any polls showing that Ted Cruz is losing. I think it's going to be um and then there was one other thing I was going to say um I'm trying to remember what my point was um about Texas Oh, yeah. The, the one other thing is because in the primaries, um, Beto O'Rourke should have easily won. But near near the border areas, like near the San Antonio areas and the Houston areas especially, um, that's typically the what I like to call the blue belt of, that, of Texas. It's like the really Democratic areas in Texas, like the Houston areas, which are like right across the border. He should have done really well in the primaries in that area, but he didn't for some reason. And I think that's going to lead to a low voter turnout in the general election. So I think overall, I think Ted Cruz is favored here, but I think, um, here's the thing. In my last episode, I said it was likely Republican. Now I'm just saying Republican. So that's really saying something, but right. I, I think it's going to be, cause he has been gaining a little bit more momentum, but I still think Ted Cruz is going to win here. I predict Ted Cruz wins by a 49 to 46 margin. It'll be a repeat of the Missouri Senate race between Jason Kander and Roy Blunt from two years ago, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so anyways, another thing that's interesting is Virginia is safe Democratic. Typically, Virginia is hotly contested. But now I'm listing it. Most Barely anybody thinks it's going to be contested this year. It's being listed as safe Democrat. What are your thoughts? I think Virginia, it used to be, but based on 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 things that's been happening, I don't. I think that you're right. It's not going to be contested. It's going to be safe Democrat. Yeah. Well, here here's the thing, Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine, the obviously the nominee for vice president by the Democrats in our most recent election, 2016, is the candidate up. He's popular there. He's popular in Virginia. Um. And I think that's really going to help him in Virginia. I think also he has a national name recognition. That can't be denied, is that he has national name recognition. Um, and uh, he's running against Corey Str- I think Nick Freitas could have made the state perhaps slightly closer. I don't think he would have won, but he might have made it slightly closer because he was a libertarian Republican and he was a Green Beret. But now that they've chosen to reject him – and go with Corey Stort, that's really going to hurt them because Corey Stort is considered, most people consider him racist. He asked, he was asked who his role model, role models, his role models were, and he listed a bunch of self-proclaimed neo-Nazis as his role models. And he's also pro-Confederate flag. He like is, but I don't mean like he, he's he, like, he's not just pro-Confederate flag. He's hugely pro-Confederate flag. He like adores the Confederate flag, and that might not, and that might hurt him amongst minorities in the state of Virginia. So overall, I'm predicting a huge blowout victory for Tim Kaine. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely, definitely agree with you on that. <clears throat> yeah, um, Ohio was originally just lean Republican, now or lean Democratic. Now it's likely Democratic. What are your thoughts on that? The Ohio's. Um... Hmm. Well, I think, yeah, I think that I could see that happening because 
Ohio has the landscape has changed in Ohio. Yeah, I agree. Um, what about um? Another interesting thing. One thing that should be in the bag for Democrats, which isn't, is New Jersey. Now, I've listed New Jersey as likely Democratic. I do think Bob Menendez will win by at least a somewhat significant margin. But uh, interesting that it's not safe Democratic. And I think that's because of how unpopular Bob Menendez is and also because of a lot of the investigations and whatnot. But overall, I think not a lot of people know who Bob Hugan, the Republican, is. And also, the last time a Republican won a Senate seat in New Jersey was in 1972. But what are your thoughts on the fact that it's only likely Democratic? Yeah, it's kind of kind of hard to believe because New Jersey is typically, you know, Democratic. But, yeah, I think because not being popular really does um, hurt your chances a lot. So, yeah. Yes, I think that that you're right. And then this is this is one of the most fun races to talk about. Or there's uh, the guy I supported for president in 2016 is running for the Senate in uh, New Mexico, and I'm and because he's running, I'm rolling New Mexico back. Originally, New Mexico was safely Democratic. There's no way that the Republican Mick Rich uh, had any chance of unseating incumbent Democrat. Martin Heinrich, um, but uh, now uh, Gary Johnson has gotten into the race as a libertarian for uh, for the Senate in New Mexico. He's, of course, he was the former two-term governor. He was a Republican two-term governor of the state of New Mexico. Um, he's gotten in. Now, I don't think he's going to win um, because uh, in spite of his name recognition in New Mexico— uh, just due to the fact that um, that uh, um, a uh, Mick Rich is probably going to split the, the Republican is probably going to split the vote with Gary Johnson. I think the only way um, uh, that would happen, Gary Johnson could w- would probably uh, realistically win would be if. McRich dropped out, and the Republicans, instead of nominating somebody else, agreed to co- to cross endorse Gary Johnson. Um, but un- first, I find that very unlikely because, first of all, if that were to happen, Gary Johnson would have to almost one hundred percent agree that he would have to make like some sort of agreement that would say that he was going to caucus with the Republicans should he win that Senate seat as a Libertarian. Um, and also, uh, even if uh, – well, also it should be noted that uh, the Libertarian – or Republicans actually tried, thankfully unsuccessfully, to get Gary Johnson off the ticket. They were unsuccessful, thank God. Um, but they tried to enact a law that would get Gary Johnson off the ticket. Um, so I think there might be bad blood between Republicans. Johnson after that, between the New Mexico Republican Party and Gary Johnson after that. Um, but I think that, but and I think even if he lost, um, uh, I think even if that did happen, even if the Republicans cross endorsed Gary Johnson, that wouldn't still wouldn't be a guarantee 
because this is looking to be a favorable year for Democrats. So he could it could end up being a Greg Orman type of scenario, but I doubt it. But because he got he entered into the race and because he was the two term governor there and because he has national name recognition, I pushed that race back from safe Democratic to likely Democratic. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think because now that he's in the race, he's going to split the ticket. And so I, I think the Democrats have a chance there. Well, I think Democrats always had a chance, but I think they have well, slightly I mean, less of a chance. But I think they're still going to win. Right. That's what I, mean. I think. It's, it's a it's a better chance now that Johnson will split the ticket with the Republicans. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um. But right now, also there's um <clears throat> Arizona. Um. Originally, that was lean Democratic. I've pushed it back to tilt Democratic. The reason why is I think. It's going to be slightly closer than it was originally for Kristen Sinema, the Democrat who's running against Martha McSally. Both of them are members of the U.S. House of Representatives currently. Um, again, Mar- uh, uh, Kristen Sinema has kind of been running as a blue dog Democrat, which I think is going to help her. Um, I think she's she's run almost a perfect campaign. But I think the reason it's it's I've rolled it back is because of John McCain's death. Um, I think that. Martha McSally might benefit and get some sympathy votes because of that, but I still think ultimately Kristen Cinema will prevail narrowly. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Definitely agree with you on that. It, she'll she'll still win narrowly, but she'll still win. Yeah, and that would be a pickup for the Democrats. Another pickup for the Democrats, Nevada, where uh, again um, Jackie Rosen has a narrow but consistent lead over Dean Heller, the incumbent Republic, embattled incumbent Republican senator. Dean Heller has bad approval ratings there. Donald Trump did not win the state of Nevada. So I'm going to say that that's lean Democratic. What do you what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely it's, it's lean and Democrat. I think you're right on that one. And then another lean Democratic state is John is Montana. John Tester um, the new approval ratings came out, and surprisingly, surprisingly, John Tester's approval numbers did not go down one bit. So he's still immensely popular in the state. And again, um, the Republican who's running um, uh, the state auditor, try, let me look up what his name was. I'm trying to remember what his name was. Um, can I Senate? Hold on. Oh, Matt Rosendale. Matt Rosendale. Matt Rosendale is a really weak candidate. Um, and I think that might hurt him. Uh, it might hurt the Republicans, even though Trump won this state by a considerable margin. Uh, the fact that Matt Rosendale isn't really that popular there is going to hurt him. Or the, or the fact that Matt Rosendale has his own problems, um, I think that's going to hurt him. Uh and I think the fact that uh, I think the fact that he has little name recognition and hasn't been auditor for that long is also going to hurt him. So again, he's a piss poor candidate. Also, a lot of people in Montana are mad at Matt Rosendale because he only about a decade ago he moved from Maryland to uh, Montana, which is a, which has led people to accuse him of carpet bagging. Um, so I think that's going to hurt him as well. John Tester has big leads in the polls. He's popular. Even though 
Trump won this by a giant margin. I think John Tester is going to hold on, and I'm listing it as lean Democratic. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you on that. As far as um, when that, uh, what's his name again? Who moved there? And they Matt uh, Rosendale. Right. I think because of that, it just doesn't seem genuine to me. I don't think that he's going to win. Yeah. Um, and then going over to Missouri. Uh, this is a really down-to-the-wire race. Unfortunately, my guy, Austin Peterson, could not win here. So now it's down between Josh Hawley and the Attorney General there. Um, uh, and uh, and Claire McCaskill, the incumbent. Josh Hawley, like Matt Rosendale, had a lot of problems. Specifically the fact that um, one of the big problems he had was he accused uh, when he was running for attorney general of Missouri, which was an election he won by a landslide, even though there was a Democratic incumbent who was retiring. Um, he put out an ad. One of the things that people thought helped him was he put out an ad, which made him look like a political outsider, where he accused politi- career politicians in Missouri of, quote unquote, ladder climbing, which means that they um, – climbed a ladder to victory um which meant that they would like immediately get elected to something and then climb a ladder to immediately just use that office to run for a higher office well now he's doing the same thing because he became attorney general and less than only about six months after becoming attorney general he announced or after six months after taking office as attorney general he announced his run for the u.s senate um so there's that problem. Um, but one problem that he did have that's kind of faded away was about Eric Greitens. A lot of people uh, accused him of, because he did an investigation into Eric Greitens and said he, he found nothing that supported the idea that he had an affair with another woman. However, uh, he, it turned more evidence came out, and it turned out that Eric Greitens did have an affair with another woman. Um, and some people think that's because uh, Josh Hawley was getting money from Eric Greitens. He was getting a lot of money for his campaign from Greitens. But now, um, but then right after that came, that scandal came out, uh, he threw Greitens under the bus. Um, but now Josh Hawley, um, uh, that now Greitens has resigned. So Greitens is gone. So that's gone. That's good for Josh Hawley, but now Josh Hawley still has that problem of that, but he is running against Claire McCaskill in a state Donald Trump won by a giant, giant, huge, trinormous margin. Um, he's running against him, or he's running against her. Um, Josh Hawley, um, or Claire McCaskill is one of the most unpopular senators in the country, which could benefit um, uh, Josh Hawley, um, but Claire McCaskill is Claire McCaskill got lucky both times she ran because in 2006, when she first got elected, it was a wave year for Democrats, even though she was behind in the polls, it was a wave year for Democrats and she won. Um, six years later, she was considered one of the most uh vulnerable incumbents, but then the Republican who was running, Todd Aiken, had this gaffe where he said. That uh, he said that uh, 
women had in like in the case of rape and abortion, uh, he said that women had the ability or the female body had the ability to shut down rape. So that hurt him and his campaign never recovered. And he referred to it as, quote, legitimate rape. Well, he got. Spoken nominee running against Claire McCaskill. Uh, Josh Hawley is hoping he can unseat her. The polls are pretty much deadlocked. It's looking to be a narrow race. Um, it's a virtual tie between McCaskill and Hawley in the polls. But right now, I'm going to say that that's still Democratic. McCaskill got lucky both of the other two times. I think she's going to get lucky this time and win again. Um, and I think also the fact that uh, McCaskill is uh, – I think the fact that McCaskill, the fact that uh, she's been raising a lot of money and of the fact that Hawley is still being bashed for the fact that he ran for the Senate only six months after taking office as attorney general. I think that's also going to hurt him. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to make that point before you made it. I think that's going to hurt him. He's, it seems like it's like he's a hypocrite because he he railed against that. And here he is doing the same thing. Yeah. So he has his own problems. But yeah, I'm just going to say that's tilt Democratic. Um, another tilt Democratic state is Tennessee, surprisingly. Um, but right now, Phil Bredesen, the Democrat, is leading in all the polls. <laughs> Phil Bredesen was a popular ex-governor. <clears throat> this is the seat Bob Corker's retiring from. The Republican who's running, uh, let me look up what her name is. It's a woman. She's a congresswoman. Um, Marsha Blackburn. Marsha Blackburn. She's hoping to keep the seat red, but right now, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, the Tennessee Senator, uh, right now, Phil Bredesen is leading narrowly, but consistently in the polls against Marsha Blackburn. Um, and he's been raising a decent amount of money and he's popular. He's popular because keep in mind when he ran, he was, he was governor in Tennessee, and in 2006, he won re-election by 40 points and won all 95 counties in Tennessee. Uh, so he is pretty popular there, and I think his popularity is going to help him win. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you there. His popularity will definitely help him win there. Yeah, and then Indiana, I before I listed it as tilt Republican, but I think Joe Donnelly is narrowly going to hold on. Um, so I have it as tilt Democratic now because he still has surprisingly popular approval numbers. And Mike Braun just doesn't have that much name recognition. So I think because of that, I think Donnelly, in spite of not polling well, is going to barely hold on. What are your thoughts? Yes, agreed. Definitely agree with you on that. Um, North Dakota is tilted Republican. Um, I think it's tilted Republican. It's going to be hard for Republicans to make pickups, but I do think they will make two pickups. And that'll be in. North Dakota and Florida. Um, I think that uh, in North Dakota, um, what's his face? Um, oh, uh, right now, Heidi Heitkamp, her approval ratings have dropped significantly. Uh, and she's uh, right now she's uh, she's running in a state. Donald Trump won by 36 points. Her approval ratings are now underwater. 
and she's running against uh, well-known congressman Kevin Kramer, who wasn't going to run, but Trump convinced him. And Kevin Kramer has a narrow but consistent lead in the polls. I'm going to say that this one flips to Kevin Kramer. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to f- because of her her um, approval ratings. I think I it's think going to be close, though. I think it is going to be close, but I think by like, like a three, point, Kevin Kramer will win. Like, yeah, like a point or three, I think. Yeah, I, I think that seems about right. Um, and then um, finally, Florida, um, or not finally, but Florida, I think is going to go to uh, to the Republicans. Rick Scott is a popular governor there. Um, he is running against Bill Nelson. Some people think Bill Nelson can hold on, but I think because of Rick Scott's popularity and because of his sizable lead in the polls, I think Rick Scott is narrowly, narrowly, narrowly going to pull this off. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's, his popularity will, will get him over the hump. Yeah. And then um, West Virginia, where Joe Manchin is running against – Attorney General Pat Morrissey, in spite of Donald Trump winning the state by 42 points, I think that overall, I think, what's his name? Uh, Joe Manchin is going to hold on. Yeah, he, he will. Um, and then, um, what do you think of Mississippi being the special election just being likely Republican? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was kind of surprised about that because Mississippi is... is uh... It's it's not really a blue it's not a blue state at all. So, but Alabama um, though, and then um, also yeah. there was Alabama, and then there was also uh, if um, the the former what's his name he's uh, he's an African American uh, he's running for to be a senator in Mississippi. Um, let me look up what his name was. He was the former U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services under Bill Clinton. Before that, he was a congressman in Mississippi. Mike Espy. Mike Espy is running. Cindy Hyde-Smith was appointed to the seat after uh, Thad Cochran resigned due to health issues. Um, So now they have a special election. Um, I predict Mike Espy uh, will, um, uh, will not win. But, again, they could make it into a runoff because not only is Cindy Hyde-Smith running, but because, because it's a special election, all candidates are listed as nonpartisan, um, which means there are no primaries. Anybody wants to run is on the ballot. Um, there's no single nominee for either party. And so now Cindy Hyde-Smith uh, might split vote with um, – might split the vote with Chris McDaniels. And even if she wins, if she doesn't get 50% of the vote, they have to have a runoff in December. So that might benefit Mike Espy, but I doubt Mike Espy is going to win. But because of that, it's only, it's likely Republican. Yeah. It's likely Republicans. I agree. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other races. Um, Oh, Pennsylvania is safe blue. Um, and uh, Minnesota, the special election there, Republicans, some Republicans think they have a chance here, but I doubt it. I think overall Tina Smith will win here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think that the Republicans are going to win based on the, the, the current climate there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think so. But if I'm right, this would lead to this would lead to a one one gain for or if I'm right, that would mean that Republicans would gain two seats here, Democrats would gain three seats here. So that would lead to a 50-50 tie in the Senate. Uh, all ties are broken by the president of the Senate, who's the vice president. So that would be Mike Pence. So Mike Pence would break the tie. Republicans would hold their majority in the Senate. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. That's most likely what will happen. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but it's likely that it's going to happen. Yeah. And then Nebraska, one more thing. Nebraska, only likely Republican. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, that's the, that, oh, that seems like a safe Republican state. So it's, it's kind of surprising.